I know it's my fault, but I'm still going to say it's your fault. I mean, it's it's not it's not not my fault. If that makes sense. Negative, <laughs> <laughs> not this crap. <laughs> You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Good morning. Good morning slash evening slash afternoon, Matt and 2M Nation. Well, actually, Matt, it's evening. Man, did I butcher that? What? Not even evening. We're in the dead of night. It's dark outside. There's no sunshine. I'm tired. I'm cranky. And I have to deal with your crap the next 45 minutes. 45 minutes. That was uncalled for. 45 minutes if you're lucky. (laughs) That's on the best of days. Yes. Um, Great to talk to you as well, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, right off the bat, apologies that this is coming out a day later than usual. We had... uh, scheduling conflicts which i think I, we've agreed were for this one this is this is 90 90 on me work has been insanely unexpectedly busy after christmas between christmas and new year's um there's a lot of people apparently getting renovations done now that the holidays are over and i have been pulling 50 hour work weeks yeah, so we appreciate you spending the the limited amount of free time that you do have, <laughs> given all that following the football world. Uh, and, this uh, is my only reprieve until aggravation continues to set in every time I look at these notes. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're looking for a reprieve from aggravation, talking to me is not the, the way to go. Mm, you, mm, depends on what... I would say it comes out of your mouth, but I read most of your text, so it depends on what you type. <laughs> You're right. This is the only time we really actually talk. It's funny to think about. Anyway, football. Football. The fantasy season is over. The regular season is one week away from wrapping up. Actually, it's just about five days away from being over. And uh, and then it's on to the postseason. Where did this season go? (laughs) I know. I know we said the same thing last week. week, But but it's like, it's insane to think that I feel like we just started. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Like the playoffs have, for the most part, been figured out who's in, who's out. Unless you're in the NFC East, and then <laughs> it's just a complete crap show. Yeah. Does teams that went what were seemingly undefeated had these weird losing streaks. Teams that were supposed to dominate divisions aren't dominating. It's just a weird year. Yep. But I wouldn't ask for any other type of ending than utter chaos. <laughs> That's the best thing about the NFL, right? Like you think you know what's going to happen going into a season, and and by now we should we should know better, honestly, than to think that we know what's going to happen. But uh, I certainly haven't learned my lesson despite years of following this, <laughs> and I don't think you have either. So let's get into it. I'm here. I'm in. Where are we at? Let's talk about Week 16. Yay! Uh, it was a week that saw fewer upsets than usual, actually. The Jets won their second straight uh, against the Browns, who are seven-point favorites, although with the caveat of the fact that they didn't have their top four receivers due to uh, them all getting landed on the COVID reserve list. I think Saturday, right? The day before the game. Like Mid-Saturday, the alert came through that like seven Browns players were not going to be able to play on Sunday, and I was like, well, there goes. And it was like 
five offensive people and two yeah. defensive players. And it was like, well, honestly, I thought they would still win, <laughs> but they, uh, they did not. They lost to the jets who have won two in a row and uh, have eliminated themselves from contention for the first overall draft pick, which is a different story. <laughs> and we'll get into that. Yay, uh, Jacksonville. The most notable upset, I think was the Steelers beating the Colts. Uh, they snapped a, uh, three-game losing streak. Well, that wasn't an upset in my book. It was for me. I had picked the Colts. You uh, did? Yeah. yeah. And, and for felt- the first time, or for like the only the second or third time this season, I got nervous. And I was like, this was half of your eliminator picks. This is how it came down to. I know. I don't know how you made it. Luckily, I didn't pick. Uh, this wasn't my eliminator pick for the week. But it was. I, I thought I was watching the Chargers here for a second. The Colts were up 24-7 to in the third quarter, and the Steelers made a huge comeback. And uh, one at 28-24. So that's good for them. A little bounce back there. And then the other notable upset was the Cowboys really dominating the Eagles. And it was their- all on the defensive side this time. I have to give mm-hmm. the defense a lot of credit. Jalen Hearns is young. He's still learning. But I don't know. I got to give him credit. Like I still think Jalen Hearns is going to be the de facto starter for Philly next year. And Dallas, after getting an offseason to rest, recover, and gain, hopefully, Dak back. Right. Um, I think we're going to see this team in a much better position, but they are not the left for dead like team that we took them to be just mere weeks ago. Like, for some weird reason, these teams that we always leave out there are just, like, clinging on for dear life. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about Dallas now? Yeah. Still got a shot. I, mean, at the I, guess, I guess that could qualify for both of them. <laughs> well, the Eagles are eliminated finally from the division with this loss, but they did look they well before this game anyway. They looked better in recent weeks with Hertz uh, at quarterback. And while we're on that topic, you want to go first with your uh, your breakdown of that game as the Cowboys are your your one of your uh, playoff sleeper picks who are still alive going into Week 17. Uh, still alive, but they would have to win out. Which funny to say went out is just win their next game. Right. Um, they have to win. And I think they also need Washington to lose. Washington would have to lose. Correct. Um, and I don't know how well that's going to play out, but just a quick breakdown of the stats. Um, they managed a total offensive yards of 513, 362 passing, 151 rushing, which actually tied with Philly. These stats are pretty close. Um, 362 to 326. So if you're dyslexic reading those numbers, that's not beneficial. (laughs) Um, To compare that these are just 40 passing yards difference between these quarterbacks is kind of impressive, but it all comes back down to saying, again, what the importance of a veteran backup was. And while they were criticized for giving Dalton all this money to sit on the bench, it proves like it's needed a good backup quarterback is now just as important as a solid starter. Cause if something were to happens, you can at least keep yourself in the game. Yeah. This was probably Dalton's best game of the season against what I thought was a more respectable Eagles defense, but yeah, Dalton had 20 yards, 37 and three TDs. Uh, yep. He had the one pick, but what was nice to see is Ezekiel Elliott got more heavily involved in the run game where, what to my eyes, it's been mostly Tony Pollard taking the reins behind this battered offensive line. Um, but Zeke with a hundred yard rushing game, no touchdowns, but uh, they actually came from Michael Gallup, who I left for dead like eight weeks ago. 
Yeah, he's done nothing this year coming into this game. <laughs> and then he puts up, you know, six receptions for 121 yards and two touchdowns. Like, really, dude? <laughs> All three of their top receivers actually had decent games with the yeah, Lamb and Cooper. Cooper would had four receptions for 121 yards, no touchdowns, but still burning the, uh, the secondary and yardage. And then C.D. Lamb went three for 65 with a score. So they, they did well. Um, Jordan Lewis came up with a sack for the defense, so that was good to see. Anthony Brown came up with one of uh, Jalen Hurts' interceptions with Trevon Diggs coming up with an, uh, another big one. Mm. So defense getting involved. And then Greg DeLeg, this was the bigger part. Greg was actually on point three of three for field goals. Um, I don't know if it's been like because we're paying more attention, but the second half of this year has just seen kickers not make kicks. Right. Short kicks, extra points, long kicks, you know, all kinds. So it seems weird to be like, he made the kick, and it's like, isn't that his job? It's like, well. Yeah, it definitely feels like more of a toss-up every time. It, it, I don't know. Maybe it's just us getting older and having taken in more years of the NFL, but I feel like I used to take field goals for granted, but you definitely can't do that. It's hard to say. We take extra points for granted. We're like, oh, they scored. Okay, it's seven. Mm -hmm. And then – it's amazing how fast, like, the what was it? What we were watching the one game where it's like the ball just seemed to hook right at the last second. It was like, it was clearly going down the middle. And you're like, okay, that's an extra point. And I look up and it's off the upright. And you're like, how is this possible? <laughs> yeah, this um, is the quick aside. I love the strategy that that, the ink, the, the, that new dimension of strategy that that brings into the game. You know, it's like, do you go for two next time? I think it happened to the Packers this past weekend. They missed the first one. They went for two the next time and didn't get it. So now you're sitting at 12 points. <laughs> uh, it's just another thing for coaches to think about. But uh, back to your Cowboys, I think the biggest thing here was the the turnover margin, right? Like Hurts. Well, like not just turnover margin. I mean, they had three turnovers, a fumble, and two picks, but penalties 12 penalties for 115 yards. And one of the phrases I've always stood by and said was um, penalties will kill even the most efficient teams. Yeah, I remember your flag on the play. Or what was that series called? That flag doing? on the play. Yeah, okay. I thought so. <laughs> Good memory. Thanks. Of all the things that I've forgotten in my life, this is what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, huge win for the Cowboys, and they stay alive in the in the playoff hunt, at least for now. <laughs> well, your uh, your Cardinals, I think, uh, what, what happened there? This was a huge, huge disappointment. This <laughs> the was Cardinals aggravating. Yeah. The Cardinals played the 49ers, who were continued to be so banged up as they've been a lot of the season. Yeah, until we, they drafted and benched CJ Bethard for Matthew Stafford, and Stafford put up a whopping point six points. Yeah, before he got hurt himself. Yeah. But uh, we know Garoppolo's been out for a while. He's done for the season. They their backup Nick Mullins was also out for this game and will miss the rest of the season. So it was down to third stringer CJ Bethard. Raheem Mostert OSU. out for the year also. He's re-injured his ankle and they just shut him down before this game. Uh, they did get George Kittle back, making his hey, first, first appearance since week eight. And that actually did make a big difference in this game. But just to set the stage from the Cardinals perspective, they're at home. They're playing against the bottom ranked team in their division. They, they really needed a win uh, to 
feel more secure about their playoff positioning. <clears throat> and you're going against their third string quarterback, their third string running back, they're down a receiver. It's basically just Kittle. And they got this sounds like a no-brainer. I know. And they got run over. Their defense. Well, they were terrible on both sides of the ball. But I'm I don't know who I'm more disappointed in, actually, because that's the one thing. The 49ers have gotten healthier on defense. And that was a strength, a known strength coming into the season. And this was a tight game. It was a defensive battle in the first half. Um, the Cardinals did open the scoring with a field goal in the first quarter. Um, but Jeff Wilson, they're the aforementioned third string running back behind Mustard. And at least at the beginning of the year, I'd say he was behind Devin Coleman, even though he clearly looks like the better player now. Uh, Jeff Wilson scored on a 21-yard touchdown reception later in the first quarter that gave the Niners the lead, and I don't think they ever gave up that lead. Right before halftime, though, was one of the biggest uh, times that stood out for me that the Cardinals could have made a move to take control of this game. Uh, first of all, DeAndre Hopkins couldn't hang on to, and, you know, albeit it was a would have been a very tough play, but one that a catch that I've seen him make before. Oh, with the defender's hand. Don't get me started about receivers dropping passes. <laughs> uh, so he dropped what would have been a touchdown pass, and he was actually injured on the play too. <clears throat> he came back later though, and the team had to uh, Cardinals settled for a field goal to pull within one point, seven to six. Right before halftime, then on the next 49ers drive, uh, Jordan Hicks he dropped what would have been an easy interception that would have set them up for another score before the half. And then on the next play, uh, Hassan Reddick, who had that monster game a couple weeks ago, had another nice play here. He uh, strip-sacked the third. Cardinals recovered the fumble right around midfield uh, with still eight seconds left and two timeouts. And they did what I thought was a smart thing by trying to gain some yardage to get into field goal range. But the pass was incomplete. So, you know, there was just time for one more play. Right. I thought it was going to be a Hail Mary. I don't. I don't know if it's not. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's worked out for them before this year, but um, not here. Not here. Uh, Kyler didn't even have enough time to get let his receivers get to the end zone. There was pressure from a three man front <laughs> almost immediately, and he just had to check it down for a pointless, pointless play to end the half. So that maintained the seven to six lead for the 49ers. But yeah, the Cardinals offense just couldn't get anything going. Meanwhile, Jeff Wilson continued to just rip off huge runs. Um, Kittle, like I mentioned, he did make a big dip impact in this game. Uh, made some big catches here that led to another 49ers touchdown, extending the lead to eight points, 14 to six. And then uh, Cardinals turned the ball over right after that on a Dan Arnold fumble. Finally, the Cardinals did get a touchdown with a one-yard Kenny and Drake run, which was the most... Uh, unimpressive one-yard run. Like, he barely made it, just diving over the pile. I think just, like, a quarter of the ball maybe crossed the plane. <laughs> you know what? All you need is one lace. It's true. Yeah, it's true. It, it counts. But they just struggled so much to move the ball, and, and they, they went for two here to try to tie it up. Didn't get it, so the 49ers still led 14-12. Uh, to 12. And then just time after time, the Cardinals would get into a decent position, you know, Third and short, fourth and short, they would try things. Uh, but they were really predictable, I think, was a problem. They, uh, Like I mentioned, Hopkins did come back from that injury, but they were trying things like like a quick slant to Hopkins on fourth and one, which the defense was all over. 
there's a linebacker that got in the way and batted it down and he wasn't open anyway the the corner knew exactly what was coming and he was uh jumping the route ready to pick it off probably and then uh let's see more huge runs for jeff wilson <laughs> and then they uh they scored another touchdown but missed the extra point so it was still a one score game 20 to 12 going into the final stages here in this game uh murray they, they got into scoring position again but then kyler murray threw an interception in the end zone going for what would have been uh potentially the game tying score and they they keep they kept having more chances though because the defense kept well, giving they, them the ball had, back like, late. Five really good opportunities mm-hmm. to like really get the, the momentum swung back in their direction and they just failed right and the 49ers couldn't they never extended the lead beyond one score robbie gold missed just a, a short field goal that would have put the put the game out of reach probably made it an 11 point game but but he missed it so the cardinals had another chance and they just couldn't make anything happen and that was the final score 20 to 12. i don't so it was it was really like i think this is how you described it i think it was just frustrating to watch because they couldn't move the ball and they couldn't stop the run Jeff Wilson had 183 rushing yards uh, with a healthy 8.3 average per rush, which is just, you know, inexcusable. And Kittle had four catches for uh, 92 yards. Well, it was just aggravating for me because I watched – I had no fantasy hope at all. Right. (laughs) But the fact that I had grabbed Beathard and I was like, no, I think I'm going to take – I'm going to start Stafford. It seems Mm -hmm. like he's going to play. And then – of course, I'm against Alvin Kamara. <laughs> and I look at my combined total for Adrian Peterson and Matthew Stafford after the game, setting at a whopping 1.68. I was like, yep, there's no point of me looking at this ever again the rest of the season. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this uh, the Cardinals, uh, just watching this game, I couldn't, I was trying to think, like, what is this team really good at? You know, like, are they strong on defense? offense running game do they have great receivers and i think the answer is no really to all of those things <laughs> this team this is i think this is a pretty average team that needs kyler murray to play like a superstar and he was early on in the season remember he'd have like 400 combined yards four touchdown games and i don't know if it's that shoulder injury that he had i don't it's probably not fair to pin it all on that because it, but his play has just uh, declined in the back half of the season, and he's not playing well enough to make up for the fact that this isn't a special team right now. So they're eight and seven with the loss, <clears throat> and they are no longer in control of their playoff uh, destiny. It's going to come down to them and the Bears for the final, and and the Rams for the final spot. Um, the Bears are eight and seven too after beating the Jaguars, and the Bears win the tiebreaker actually over the Cardinals. So right now the Cardinals are out. But uh, if they beat the Rams, who won't have Jared Goff, they can still get in. But this isn't a great team, and it shouldn't have come If to they do make it, it's um, it's going to be a one and done on that first round. Right, because if they make it, they'll, I think they'll be the last, the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. They'll play against the either the Saints or the Seahawks. Although they did beat the Seahawks earlier when Murray was playing better. I was going to say, when Murray seemed to be healthier, should we say? Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, super disappointing effort from the Cardinals in a game that uh, should have been them like you know, them celebrating their playoff berth. Speaking of disappointing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
these I, I posted this on on Twitter and, and Instagram. I've never been as invested in a game between five and nine teams as I was in the Broncos versus Chargers game. <laughs> this game uh, had such a wildly different outcome on the verge, <laughs> except one wide receiver in particular handed you the win on a silver platter over and over again. Yeah, we don't have to get too deep into the analysis of this one. Let's just say that we made another jello bet. Uh, last time these teams played, the Broncos pulled out a one point victory on the last play of the game. Chargers came in looking for revenge. We got it. Oh, sort of. This is the most piss poor version of revenge <laughs> I have ever seen. It looked like a classic uh, Chargers game, too. Because remember that last game against the Broncos, Chargers took a big lead and Broncos came back. Chargers blew it at the end. Chargers came into the fourth quarter of this one up 16 to three and Broncos uh, started the way. Back. Yeah, they did. They tied it <laughs> with a drew lock rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw that it was the team's first rushing touchdown since like week 10 or something crazy like that. It was. So what, what baffled me the most was watching that opening drive was so methodical up until the ball bounced off of, I believe it was KJ Hamler's hands. Yeah. Um, and it just was one of those, it was so fast in and out of his hands. Although personally, I thought Locke's arm or his foot were across the line of scrimmage. So either way, that should have been an illegal forward pass. Oh, interesting. I didn't see that. Um, but semantics aside, it became a pick. But that's another one of those picks where it's like the receiver had it in his hands and lost it, and yet the quarterback takes the hit. Locke had two interceptions, which given the situation, they were both at, both at the beginning and end of the game. Right, like I don't fault him because the other one was on a Hail Mary. So, you know, I don't fault him for that one. Right. Um, but I do fault <laughs> – I do lay – a good percent of the blame on Jerry Judy for having jello hands. This was incredible to watch. I I almost I mean I I felt bad for the kid, the you know, rookie young wide receiver. He just had probably the worst game that he'll ever have as a pro. Hopefully it doesn't Instead get worse. Than this. Stick them on their gloves like they did in the sixties and seventies. They put butter on Jerry Judy's gloves. <laughs> Either butter or like super bouncy rubber material. <laughs> well, and what was, what was, what was frustrating is you'd see like, he'd make these great catches. So it's like, he gained Drew Locke's confidence back and mm-hmm. Drew Locke is like, all right, I'm coming back to you. And then like the very next pass, it'd be like, Oh, how do I catch a football? Yeah. It's tough. Cause that's what, was, that's what great quarterbacks do, right? Like a receiver makes a mistake and they, you, you oftentimes you see them go right back to them to build that confidence back up. And that's what Locke tried to do. And then it was Locke was actually making fairly accurate passes. I mean, he had just over a 50 or just under a 50% completion, but they couldn't, they couldn't also get the run game going. Um, they struggled heavily in the run. You know, Melvin Gordon only averaged uh, 4.9 yards a carry, which sounds great, but they weren't able to use that to their advantage, given the fact that Locke alone had the only rushing touchdown of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Royce Freeman carried it twice, which I felt like they should have gotten him a little bit more involved in the rotation. Yeah. Uh, just as a change of pace, as a different, you know, anything to make the defense question it. But I don't know. 
Right. I, I, didn't like some, I didn't like some of the play call that was, that was done. Yeah. Well, on the Chargers side, Justin Herbert threw his 28th touchdown pass of the season, which set a new rookie record. So good for him. Fortunately, he's on a crappy team. <laughs> hey, that, that crappy team just improved to six and nine. So are you third place in the division now? Yep. And I was looking at the tiebreakers for next week because we have so yeah, we will all look forward to a video of you eating jello, Matt. Or at I'm, least ready. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. And then we have one more based on the season long, the season ending standings. And I was trying to look at what the tiebreaker will be. Um, because obviously the Chargers are up by game right now. But if if the Chargers lose next week to the Chiefs and the Broncos beat the Raiders, they'll have the same record and they'll have the same division record and the same head to head record. And so I'm trying to figure out how the tiebreaker would go, and I, I do would not know yet. Would it be a total points per game? No, that's further down the list. The next one would be their record in uh, shared opponents' games. So any teams that they both played this year, who did better in those games, I think is what it comes down to. That's really interesting because I've never – maybe we've never had a look that far down to figure it out. I don't think – I know I never have. <laughs> anyway um, – yeah, it's an inconsequential game to the NFL landscape, but very important to us. <laughs> mm, important, like sleep. Speaking of sleep, let's get this show going uh, so that you, we can get you off to bed. Um, some other things that happened this week. Buccaneers destroyed the Lions on Saturday. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that really is an understatement. Uh, at halftime, it was 34-0. Brady had 350 yards and four touchdowns, and Blaine Gabbert played the entire second half. <laughs> Matt Stafford had 0. 0.6 points. <laughs> yeah, he injured his foot on the first. Year. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. It literally doesn't matter. The Bucks won big, and they are in the postseason now. Dolphins beat the Raiders in a really, really awesome game Saturday night. Uh, that the first note made me upset. Oh yeah, I, I know you. You're a a Mariota fan. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Derek Carr did return from that groin injury to play. Uh, we won't go through this whole recap, but it was a really fun game back and forth the whole time. The Dolphins well, put Patrick in again. I just wanted to make a point out that when you switch quarterbacks, because they put Fitzpatrick in again right, mm-hmm. and bench in Tua, and normally you never do that to a rookie, but there's something – I almost want to say special about the way this offense works together. Yeah. More than any other team, because this happened before and we all thought, okay, that's it. Two is done. Like he had a terrible thing. Fitzpatrick came in, sort of saved the day and they turn around and went right back to Tua. So I don't know if it's the way they're explaining it to him. Like, it's like, they don't want to set him up to fail is what it seems like. Yeah, it's, it's, they know it's, he's not going to do well. They just simply pull the plug on it then and there, versus teaching them that harsh reality. I mean, you could argue that maybe the harsh reality is better—that you're going to struggle, you're going to lose, and you're going to make a ton of mistakes. But it's really interesting that it works for this team. Yeah, I think it really does, and I think a lot of the credit goes to Brian Flores, the coach. It's there. The Dolphins are in such a weird spot this year. Like, I don't think they were expecting to be in the playoffs this year. You know. But they have the it's team like every good time enough. They switch when they're doing bad, they're like, we just got to keep the fan on the fire. We'll be fine. We'll be good. 
but yeah, there definitely seems to be, there's definitely an understanding that Tua is the obviously the QB of the future. Fitzpatrick may not be on the team even next year. He's, I think he's handled this all really well uh, because he was he's definitely more excited than anyone. He was emotional about it when they first pulled, uh, put Tua in instead of him after week six or whatever it was. Well, he because was like, we all thought it didn't make sense. We're all like, this team is winning. Mm-hmm. But he's been like on board. I almost think it would be foolish to let Fitzpatrick go. Because he seems like almost the ideal mentor. Yeah. Well, and, and like I said, it goes back to the just the way this dynamic works for this team, how you can pull and plug either one of these quarterbacks and you get almost the same result. <laughs> yeah, so Dolphins had a sort of a miraculous win in this one. They were down just really quickly. They were down by, let's see, what was the score? They were down by two, 25-23, with just 19 seconds on the clock. Fitzpatrick somehow threw and completed a 34-yard bomb to while Mac Allen. Well, he was yeah, face mask getting his helmet off. pulled off. Yeah. <laughs> so he got the 34 yards plus a 15-yard penalty that put them all the way to the Raiders' 26-yard line, and they were able to hit the game-winning field goal. And with that loss, the Raiders are now eliminated. Uh, the Dolphins still have a chance, they, though they haven't clinched yet. And uh, Tua Tagovailoa will start again Week 17. That's where I said this dynamic is so interesting that they benched him for doing poorly, put Fitzpatrick in, but then they're willing to go, no, you're starting next week, so don't don't get comfy on that bench. Right. So I'm excited about this Dolphins team. I really hope they do end up making the playoffs. Uh, Next up. He leaves the Jets as the laughing stock. Well, laughing stock that's on a two-game win streak. The uh, Let's see. Next up, the Panthers beat uh, Washington. They didn't have Alex Smith. Uh, Dwayne Haskins got the start. He is not on the team anymore. I was as of today. the start of the end of his Washington career. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, but, um, I, and whoever drafted them in Dynasty Leagues, I'm sorry. Hey, man, he might be on a new team next year. Hopefully he's not out of the league. so much hope invested in this kid. He uh, seems like a bit of a knucklehead off the field, too, so I don't know what his future is. Ironically, I think I saw a report that the Panthers were interested. <laughs> Um, ironic because that's who we lost to in this game. Anyway, Washington can still clinch a playoff spot with a win next week where it sounds like Alex Smith will be back. I hope so. Bears beat the Jaguars 41 to 17. I want to, I want to mention a few things on this. Uh, okay. Go ahead. On this game. I'm sorry. It's fine. How are you going to toot your own horn about Mitch again? Maybe. <laughs> Don't you dare call me out like that. You know what? I'm done. I quit. I resign. No. Nope. Done. Done. Matt? <laughs> right, I'm back. Um, I, I knew you couldn't do this by yourself. No, no, we moved on. I already finished the show while you were gone. <laughs> Turns out you were the problem the whole time. <laughs> well, hashtag not surprised. <laughs> anyway, um, go ahead. Go ahead. I really think you can see a very different dynamic with this offense. The they figured out the alignment for the offensive line. David Montgomery's been able to run up that left side through the B gap and get much more efficient at the run game. The run game sets up the play action pass game, which has been Mitch's strong suit. We see this with Baker, we see this with Herbert, we've seen this with Burrow. These guys are not pocket passing quarterbacks, and when you play to the skill set of your quarterback. 
success comes natural. Against a terrible 31st-ranked defense, yes, but a win is a win in this league. You can't take any of them for granted, Um, as we saw when the Jets beat the Rams. You know, the Rams walked in thinking it's the the winless Jets. They've got no chance. And then next thing you know, you get your ass whooped. So the Bears could have easily lost this as much as they won it. It was 10 to 10 at halftime. It was not a, there was no gimme, although they did run away with it in the second half. But it was, you know, there's still a few decisions making questions that float over his head. But I feel like after he got benched and he was brought back, we have seen what this Bears offense could be. Yeah, David Montgomery has looked really good too. Uh, And I know it goes hand in hand. Burn at the stake for saying this. I think he deserves one more year. It sounds like that's that's what the buzz around the Bears and the, the league is. I feel like if I was... If I was Matt Nagy, because basically, if you do this, it's all or nothing. If Mitch fails, hey, that's Nagy the name of that Amazon Prime series. <laughs> oh, I hope they did it on the Bears this year. How interesting would that be? I hope they do it on anyone but the Eagles, because the Eagles one I was not a fan of. I don't know if I was just completely disinterested. I don't think they would do the same team twice uh, before they've gotten everyone. But anyway, sorry for that interjection. No, you're not. Uh, they should do it on the Jets. Actually, I want to see how I want to see how Adam Gase uh, how that sausage is made, so to speak. I don't like that analogy, but I understand where <laughs> I want to see Adam Gase's sausage. Okay. <laughs> anyway, basically, I would be sitting Trubisky down and saying, "Look, at you get one more year. If we can get you one more year, I wouldn't even give him a year. You got six games." <laughs> I don't think that's how contracts work, but okay. <laughs> well, no, you can sign them to a one-year prove-it deal, but in reality, you tell them you've got uh-huh. six games because if you sit again, that's it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point because they benched him. They were three and three and one when they benched him, right? Which makes no sense. And then Foles lost seven games in a row. And then they put Mitch back in, and, and what, he's three and oh again over the last couple of games? Yeah, they went six and two in this time. So to me, it's a no-brainer. One more year, I think he's got this. It's not like they're going to have a high draft, high enough draft pick to get one of the top guys next year, anyway. So I think I agree with you. Um, let's see, Seattle clinched the NFC West with the win over the Rams, uh, and and uh, I think we alluded to it earlier, but Jared Goff broke his thumb on his throwing hand in this game and had surgery earlier this week. And it sounds like he's not going to be available week 17, given that in the pivotal game against the Cardinals. So let's take a look at the playoff picture really quick with just one week to go. Packers are currently the number one seed, uh, 12 and three. Although it's still possible that um, Seattle could jump to the top spot if they win and the Packers lose. I don't understand that whole situation, but that's fine. It's again, it comes down to weird tiebreaker stuff. The Packers beat the Saints head to head. So even if they finished the same record, the Packers would be ahead, but uh, they didn't play the Seahawks. Hmm? I get that. Yeah, but they didn't play the Seahawks this year. So it comes down to like their NFC conference record. Sure. 
So uh, Saints are second place right now at 11 and four. They clinched the South, they're in. Seahawks 11 and four clinched the West, they're in. Still at the number four seed, got penciled in here. <laughs> NFC East winner. Again, it's still Washington for now at six and nine. Uh, same record as Dallas, but they hold the tiebreakers. So if they win next week, they're in. If they lose and Dallas wins, they're in. If they lose and Dallas loses, I think the Giants actually get in. So three out of four teams still alive in that division. I feel like you, the way you describe that is like when you're watching like a criminal show and they have like the map of the town with all the like strings running to the different thumbtacks. Yeah. That's what I just pictured the way you described that. Well, the way this division has played all year is sort of a crime against football. <laughs> Buccaneers <laughs> come in next, 10 and 5. They've clinched a playoff spot. Uh, and then it's right now it's the Rams at 9 and 6, but they play the Cardinals, uh, who are 8 and 7. And on the outside of the picture looking in right now, <clears throat> seventh seed is the Bears at 8 and 7. And they play the Packers in week 17. So that's a big game with uh, stakes for both sides. So I don't think the Packers are going to be resting starters or anything. Unless they're up by a good amount in the first half. Well, sure. But uh, yeah, in which case they would presumably win. And uh, this gets a little messy. I think if the Cardinals win and the Bears win, the Rams would be. Actually, I don't even know how that's it. (laughs) Two out of these three teams are going to make it. Yeah, let's not go predicting things when we barely know who's winning the AFC NFC East. It's possible all three of these teams, Rams, Bears, and Cardinals, all finish nine and seven, and then it comes down to weird tiebreakers. Uh, but they also I have a shot. Go down that rabbit hole later. <laughs> yep. In the AFC, things are. Well, I was going to say simpler, but I think that might not actually be true. The Chiefs have clinched the first round by. What? Much simpler. The Chiefs have already clinched the first round by, so that's. That's easy. The Bills have won the AFC East. They're 12-3. and three. They're ahead of Pittsburgh because they beat them head-to-head. Uh, P- Pittsburgh comes in third, also at 12-3. and three. And after that, nobody has clinched a playoff spot yet. There are five teams vying for four spots, and they're all 10-5. and five. You've got the Titans, who are the current AFC South leader. If they win against Houston, they're in. Uh, then you've got the Dolphins, 10-5. and five. The Ravens, Browns, and Colts, who are all ten and five, and uh, yeah, I don't want to get into all this different scenarios here because there's a ton of ways it could go. One of those teams isn't going to make it. If the Browns don't have their players back and they got to play with the mishmash they had to against the Jets, they're gone. Maybe and that would be terrible to lose to go for from that a reason contender and to lose out because of something beyond your control. Yeah. Well, yeah. They the will be against Pittsburgh, though, who will be resting Ben Roethlisberger and some other starters. So that factors into things. <laughs> um, so with all that in mind, let's just get into the Week 17 preview really quick. We'll make our quick picks. and uh, Quick pick. Quick pick. <laughs> so no Thursday night, no Friday, no Saturday. All the games are on Sunday at either – uh, in their usual time slots. <clears throat> so, Sunday early slate of games, Cowboys at Giants. Uh, I'm taking the Cowboys. I have Dallas. Jaguars at Colts. The Jaguars are 1-14, Colts 10-5. and five. Uh, The Jaguars have already clinched the number one pick in the draft. Ironically, 
ironically, the Colts are the only team that they did beat all the way back in week one. They've lost 14 in a row since then. Um, I'm taking the Colts. They're motivated. They're my eliminator pick also. I have Indy as well. Titans at Texans, taking the Titans. Tennessee, you know it. Pick them to win the division this week. Yep, they can do it with a win. Uh, Falcons at Bucks, taking the Bucks. Tampa Bay. Jets at Patriots. Oh. <laughs> I know. Right? Why is there one every week? After that um, embarrassing performance by the Patriots against the Jets last week. I'm taking – against the Bills last week. I'm taking the Jets to beat them and win three in a row to close out the season. Oh, why do you do this to me? <laughs> I hate you. I hate football. I hate the Jets. I hate the Patriots. <laughs> I hate Adam Gase more than anything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I hate Jerry Judy. Oh, rumor has it, just while we're here really quick, that Gase is on the way out, though that hasn't been announced publicly. And it is, only makes common sense to the rest of us, but it hasn't been made public and official yet. <laughs> anyway, if they, if they went out these three games, then they keep, the it's going to burn everything. <laughs> All right, who are you picking? I'm going New England. All right, Chargers at Chiefs. Um, Andy Reid has said that you know they, they're yeah, going to rest. What? No, it's fine. All I right. made my pick. Mahomes and others will be rested because they already clinched the top seed. It's going to be Chad Henney at QB. I'm taking the Chargers. Matt? Uh, Kansas City. Vikings at Lions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who who cares, honestly? Although, Vikings, Delvin Cook will not be playing. That's true, yeah. With a family emergency, he'll be out. And I think Matt Stafford... Likely, I don't know why they would play him. Uh, there's nothing to. It would be to me. It would be just foolish to put your 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 best player on the field mm-hmm. while injured, while there's no hope. Yeah, it just thinking. makes no no sense. So I'm going to take Minnesota. Yes, agreed. Steelers at Browns. Uh, Browns need a win to get into the playoffs. Uh, only thing at stake for Pittsburgh is what seed they end up being, and with that being the case, Big Ben's getting the week off, so Mason Rudolph will get the start. And the Browns had another player and a coach test positive for COVID-19 uh, today, I think. That's, a, that's one benefit of doing the show at this time. We have more news than we would typically. Um, so their facility is closed as of Wednesday. So hopefully they have they can field their usual team of starters. Uh, I'm going to assume that's the case and pick Cleveland. I have Cleveland as well, given the fact that Mason Rudolph, while he was a decent placeholder for Ben, that offensive line has been shaky. They haven't had a run game. Yeah. Um, I have to put it against <clears> the, the Cleveland defense and have a little bit more faith in the defense as long as no more issues happen. Miles Garrett versus Mason Rudolph revenge. Oh, geez. You <laughs> had I, uh, that up. All right. Ravens at Bengals taking the Ravens. Steel straps for everyone's helmet. <laughs> Mason Rudolph better wear a helmet inside his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know. One of my catchphrases was take his helmet off, beat him with it, but he took it a little too literal. Ravens or Bengals taking the Ravens? Ravens. Packers, Bears taking the Packers. Oh. But this is a huge game. Uh, they both have a lot at stake, obviously. <laughs> Green Bay. I can't do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't Same. do it. I want to do it. I know you do. <laughs> wanna... do. Do you believe in Mitch or not? I do. Uh, all right, I'll take Chicago. Nice, I love it. Uh, Saints or Panthers? Saints 
Saints. Dolphins at Bills. This is going to be fun. I hate these decisions now. Bills, I guess. They look so good lately. I don't think anyone can stop Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. I could. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Buffalo on this one. Sunday afternoon, Seahawks at Niners. I'll take uh, Seahawks. Wilson! Seahawks. Cardinals at Rams. This uh, is interesting. There's going to be no golf. Rams are expected to start someone named John Walford, who I've never heard of before, and they're signing Blake Bortles to back up. Sounds like Why the wouldn't... guy that would be on like the oatmeal boxes you buy. <laughs> and Kyler did suffer a leg injury at the end of last week's loss, but he says he's good to go. I'm going to take the Cardinals mostly out of hope than anything else. Uh, I have belief in Bortles will come in at some point. I hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope so too. My boy from Jacksonville. I know. Watch him come in, win the game, and maybe Goff doesn't come back, so he makes a playoff run with the Rams. Oh, my God. (laughs) Don't get my hopes up. So you're taking the Rams? Yes. Okay. Raiders at Broncos. I'm taking the Raiders just to uh, spite you and secure my Chargers (laughs) third-place finish. (laughs) I am taking the Broncos because I hate – I hate you. <laughs> and then Sunday night, the last game of the regular season, the game that will decide the NFC East winner, Washington at Philadelphia. Sounds like Alex Smith is going to come back. Taylor Heineke will be the backup. I think that's his name anyway. And Haskins is gone. Automotive repair shop. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Meineke. <laughs> I don't understand that reference at all. It's fine. Somebody will, I hope. If not, I made myself laugh. Eagles have nothing really to play for in this game except playing spoiler. Uh, because if I think if Washington loses, then whoever wins, whoever earlier in the day, whoever won between Dallas and New York, Giants will get in. Uh, I'm taking Washington to get it done, though, with Alex Smith. Complete his uh, comeback player of the year narrative. There you go. You know it. <laughs> All right. And a very, very brief edition of the Fantasy Corner. Uh, congrats to Sorio, our season-long um, ESPN League champion. In a thrilling fantasy matchup between him and Jeremy, it all came down to Monday Night Football when Stephon Diggs absolutely destroyed with 150 yards and three touchdowns, uh, securing the win uh, for Team Sorio, his second league championship. And he is now uh, tied with my wife, uh, who have each won the league twice. I made it to the postseason. Good job, Matt. We'll have to have, we'll have, to have Sorio back on to discuss his Rub victory. Rub it in all our faces. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Don't don't get it don't don't fool us. We know what he'll do. <laughs> All right, and that's it. Thank you, Matt, for joining me for another late night edition of our recording. <laughs> Two M after dark. <laughs> Matt. Matt. <after> dark. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one sausage I don't need to see. <laughs> Side to be jelly. It's fine. It's fine. Well. Um, Here's to a smashing finale, week 17, all the eggs, all the baskets. It's it's game time. It's just one, right? Like the playoff basket. And it's which eggs get into that basket. Don't make this more complicated. (laughs) Don't be that guy. But yes, I'm with you in spirit. Looking forward to a thrilling week 17. And uh, I have no clue what you said, but I'm with you. That's that's a that's gonna be the tagline of our podcast, honestly. <laughs> I don't understand a damn word, but 
You got it. <laughs> well, all right, Matt. It's been a pleasure, as always. always. Jake's owe me a Coke. Fine. You owe me smashing your plate. Smashing your plate in the face. Smashing the plate in jello. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Then uh, until next time. See everyone out there on the gridiron. Week 17, baby. Bye. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.